0: Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever struggle paying attention to those readings at Mass? you know, we sit down and there's these readings from the Bible from a long time ago, and your mind wanders, you're thinking about problems at work, you're thinking about what's going to be for brunch today, or the football game in the afternoon, and you know you should be really focused on these sacred readings, but uh, you get done with them, you're like, oh, what were they? What what was the gospel about? And you feel bad about that. Well, I want to I want to help us. I want to help us to enter into the liturgy of the word. I want to get practical and and talk about some practical things we could do to really receive those readings into our hearts more. But I also want want to set a context. I want us to understand what this is all about. You see, the liturgy of the word is really a powerful moment when God is coming to speak to you. Really, he's coming to speak to you. He's coming to speak to you through the inspired words of Scripture. And it's a very personal word. These aren't just stories from a long time ago. Uh, it's a personal word. The analogy I like to think about is what the Israelites experienced when they got to Mount Sinai, when God came to speak to the people in the Exodus story. They had just escaped from Egypt. They go to Mount Sinai, and they get the Ten Commandments. But did you know that those Ten Commandments before they were ever written down on those tablets of stone, they were spoken to the people. Did you know that? That's a little detail. Many people don't realize that if you read Exodus 20, it's very clear that, that God spoke the Ten Commandments to the Israelites. He spoke them. And what's fascinating is the language that was used when he spoke those famous thou shall nots. When God said, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, he wasn't saying you all shall not kill. You all shall not steal. It wasn't the second person plural to use grammar terms here. (laughs) He was using the singular pronoun. He was saying you, specifically, you individually shall not kill. You individually shall not steal. In other words, he was speaking personally to each individual Israelite that day. It wasn't—I want to make sure you really get this. This is really a profound point. The catechism brings this out, that that when God spoke to the people at Sinai, it wasn't a general word for everybody. You know, when there's a general word to everybody, you can kind of tune out, <laughs> you know, whether that's at work or whether it's at school or in church, this is a general announcement. So remember, like, at the end of Mass, somebody might come up and say, here are the announcements, and you tune out sometimes, right? But imagine if they stood up and they gave those announcements at the end of Mass, and they said— and Joseph Smith, for you, and Sally Johnson, for you, like, like your name is called. <laughs> Imagine that. Your name is called. All of a sudden, your ears, you know, peak up, you're, you're listening, you're, you're very attentive at that moment. That's what happened at Mount Sinai. It wasn't just a general word for everybody. It was a word spoken to each individual Israelites is as, as, as if each individual person that day at Mount Sinai heard God speak the 10 commandments specifically to them. I think that that's really important for us to understand because something similar happens when we hear the word of God in the liturgy. It's not a generic word, a general announcement being proclaimed to a large group of people. No, God desires to talk to you, you personally. He knows what you're going through right now. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what's weighing you down. He knows what you need. And he wants to touch your life with his word at every mass. In other words, there's some specific word in those scripture readings that's there for you today, right now, that you need right now. Will you be ready to hear it? That's what we're going to look at. In this week's podcast. So, welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And as usual, I want to give a welcome to anyone joining us for the first time, checking out the show. Thanks so much for being with us. You know this uh, this whole walk through the mass has been so fun. I've enjoyed being able to think through, and we're gonna we'll come back to the mass at different points in the future as well. But I just wanted to at least get us into the the liturgy of the word here uh, for starters, just to kind of get us get us into the to the mass. And all that I'm drawing from is is from my new video Bible study on the mass. It's called A Biblical Walk Through the Mass, and it's with Ascension Press. You can go to ascensionpress.com to get the free preview of the video series it was filmed in a beautiful cathedral in Philadelphia. We're moving all around the cathedral spectacular cinematography so uh, it has a lot of the content from my original study on this from 10 years ago but uh, a lot of fresh content, a lot of new content and what's really awesome it's not just me giving a 30 minute lecture. it's me moving around the church different parts of the of the church going through the different parts of the Mass. So if you're looking for a small group Bible study for your family, for your friends, for a small group you may have, check out a biblical walk to the Mass at ascensionpress.com. But before we go into the liturgy of the Word itself, there's one last little moment i want to highlight from the introductory rites remember those introductory rites the sign of the cross the lord be with you the confiti or i confess prayer and the lord have mercy we looked at last time there's one more big prayer i want to zoom in on in the introductory rites which is all about getting ready preparing to hear god in his word to receive him in the eucharist and that prayer is the gloria we sing glory to god in the highest now i don't know if you know this but those those words from the gloria do you know where those words came from? You know, Do you know who wrote those words? It wasn't a modern kind of Christian artist <laughs> that put those words together. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. Where, where do these words come from? Well, the, the opening line comes from a very profound songwriter, a group of songwriters known as the Angels. (laughs) The Angels actually wrote the opening line of this song. They're the inspiration behind this song. Where do these words come from? They were spoken on that first Christmas night over the fields of Bethlehem, the shepherds see the myriad and myriad of angels praising God because God has become man in Jesus Christ and he's been born in Bethlehem. The God of the universe is making himself manifest as a child and the angels are just rejoicing over this mystery of Christ, the mystery of God becoming man. And they sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill. It's beautiful. So did you know that, At Mass, the Gloria is a Christmas song. (laughs) In a sense, it really is a Christmas song. But my question is, why is it that, you know, in July or June, in the hot summer months, you may still be singing Christmas songs at Mass? (laughs) If If the Gloria really is inspired by the angels on that first Christmas night, if it is, in a sense, a Christmas song, why are we singing a Christmas song all throughout the year? It's because every time we go to Mass, the mystery of Christmas is, is made present to us. Yes, indeed. That same Christ child that was made manifest in a manger to the world, made manifest to the world in a manger 2,000 years ago, that same Christ child is coming upon our altars. He's going to be with us under the appearance of bread and wine. We're going to receive him, his very body, blood, soul, and divinity in holy communion. And so it's fitting that we echo the words of the angels praising God for coming to dwell among men so we Echo those words joining in their praise glory to God in the highest and an earth peace to people of goodwill and I love how the song it just goes on It says we praise you we bless you we adore you we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory it, it it's like like the angels we're joining the angels and they're stammering over the mystery of Christ we said we love you you're amazing this is awesome we can't believe it wow you know if you've ever been so excited you know maybe like your favorite team you know won the Super Bowl or I Remember when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. We were waiting 108 years for the Cubs to win the World Series and to be with friends and talk about it. We're just like, you just keep saying, I can't believe it. That happened. You know, I, I, it looked like we we're going to lose it, but we did it. And I can't believe it. it you know, you're just like all in awe over this. Well, something so much greater than the Super Bowl or the World Series is the incarnation. <laughs> God became man. And we're like little kids. We're giddy. We're kind of like, I can't believe it. God became a little child. God is dwelling among us. This is incredible. The angels rejoice, and we should have that same excitement. This is a fitting way to conclude those introductory rites, because in the introductory rites, we're preparing our hearts to welcome Jesus in our midst. And and we do that especially through confessing our sins and entrusting ourselves to God's mercy. And when we receive his mercy, that's the fruit of the cross, the fruit of his work of redemption, we cannot help but rejoice. But now let's turn to what happens next. We we get into the liturgy of the Word. And here we have those readings from Scripture. And Christians say that those those readings from Scripture are from the inspired Word of God. You've heard people talk about that biblical inspiration. The Scriptures are inspired. But what does that really mean? You know, the word inspiration uh, in Greek, theonoustos, literally means God breathed. And the idea is this, is that the God breathed His divine Word through the human words of the biblical writers. And so are the scriptures human or are they divine? That's a very important question we have to ask. We want to get this right. Are the scriptures that we hear at Mass, the scriptures we read in, in our own devotions in our Bibles at home are the scriptures human, or are they divine? And the answer is yes, <laughs> they're both. Uh, just like Jesus is fully human and fully divine, so the inspired words of Scripture are fully human and fully divine. They're, they're fully human. They're, the human writers are free to write whatever they want. They have freedom. They bring their own creativity. They're thinking about their audience, their message. But then God uses that to communicate exactly what he wants written and no more. So Theonustos, inspiration, God breathes his divine, eternal words through the human writers in time. And those words are speaking to us today. I think that's why it's important to understand inspiration, that these aren't just accounts written a long time ago. The God of the universe, the eternal God, who's beyond space and time, intervened in space and time and, and inspired St. Paul or St. Matthew to write these accounts, and then that eternal word that was written at a specific time, 2,000 years ago, because it's an eternal word, it can travel through time. It, it, it can travel through time and touch our lives today. That's why I think it's important to realize that that when God had these words inspired 2,000 years ago in the New Testament writings, he was thinking of you. He was. He was thinking about what you're going through right now, the joy of your new baby, feeling exhausted over that new baby. <laughs> he was thinking about the joy of your new job or some of you, the stresses of a new boss that you have right now. He was thinking of you in this relationship that's just starting to grow and you're excited about it. Or he's thinking of this relationship that's you're beginning to wonder, is this the right one? Is this the person I'm supposed to be with? Maybe, maybe we shouldn't be dating anymore. Whatever your situation in life is right now, God knew that. Two thousand years ago, when he had Saint Paul write his letter to the Romans or to the Ephesians, or, or Matthew write his gospel, and and these words can pass through time and touch our lives today. And, and so that's why we want to be attentive. I, I just know that in my own Bible reading and teaching, I, I teach the scriptures, you know, all the time for over twenty years, and um, I'm always learning new things from the Bible. But I'm not just learning new things about the Bible. I'm learning new things, as I said, from the Bible. In other words, new ways that God's encouraging me. I notice something in a story I've taught for many years, and all of a sudden I go, "Wow, I never, I never applied it to my life in this way." That God's always speaking to us. It's a, it's an, it's a living word, living and active. Uh, and so, it, and so, we want to really come to mass with our hearts prepared. To, to hear God's Word. I'm going to talk about a couple things we can do to, to do that in a moment, but um, really think about that. It, 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 if you see that person that comes up and does the reading, the lector, maybe you've been blessed to do that before, to be a lector. I want you to know that the lector is not just simply doing a public reading of the Bible. That's not what he's going, going through. That's not what he's doing. The lector is lending God his voice, Yes, in the context of the liturgy, when we have the readings from scripture, the the person reading those readings, the lector, is loaning God his voice. That's profound. He's allowing God to speak through his using his vocal cords to speak to the people there that day to touch this person on the left side of the church in a certain way with that word, but just going to touch the, the person in the middle in a different way and touch the person on the other side of the church in another way because it's the eternal God has a word that, that is going to move people's lives to stir them, to encourage them, to call them to repent, to challenge them, uh, to comfort them, whatever it is. Everybody is is going to be touched differently from the same inspired word of God, but God can use it in a unique way if we're an individual at a different time, in a different way, we want to be ready for that. Now, how how do we get ready? How do I really enter into the liturgy of the word to receive this? And I, I did a whole episode on this, I think maybe a year ago or so. You can check that out for more. But just briefly, uh, I, I really want to be attentive and I want to apply it to my lies. What do I need to do? I think some key things are to prepare And if I can read the readings beforehand, maybe in my morning prayer before I go to Mass, I do the readings beforehand. Maybe even if I can just get the gospel reading, I think that's a really powerful thing just to kind of have that reading on my mind. I'm chewing on it. I'm praying over it. I'm talking to the Lord about it before I even go to Mass. It's a wonderful thing to do. Um, You can go online to find those, those scripture readings each Sunday. You can use Magnificat or other resources to find those. But I think that's a great thing to do, do it ahead of time. I think another thing is if you use the Mass readings for your daily prayer, uh, you don't have to do this. Um, I do it sometimes in other seasons. I'm using other other books for my daily prayer life. But but I know that when I have the the daily prayer life centered on the Mass readings, then when I show up at Mass— God's already been speaking to me through those scripture readings. And then I'm entering into them more. I'm receiving them more into my heart in the context of the liturgy. I think showing up early is another thing you could do. You go, you show up early, and then maybe you can pull out the the missile and read them or read them on your phone, whatever it is. You know, so before mass you could do that. One thing I like to do in the car is um I'll I have Magnificat on my phone and I'll have my my kids read the gospel reading while we're driving to church. And so when we talk about the gospel reading for a little bit on the way to Mass, again, it's the way to kind of till the soil of my heart, you know, to kind of cultivate in my soul uh, a preparation to receive the Word. Uh, I think reading along, if you're ADHD, I don't know, any any of you spiritually ADHD, you just get distracted easily. Uh, I think being able to read along the, with the readings at Mass is also really helpful. It helps me to stay more focused. So I'll pull out the pew, uh, the the missile in the pew, and I'm reading the readings as we're going along. and just be a little bit more attentive. These are some beautiful ways that we can receive that word. But I know everyone talks all about the Eucharist when they think of Mass. They think about the Eucharist and receiving communion. And don't get me wrong, that's the climax. That's awesome, right? Um, it's the high point. But don't forget how Beautiful it is to encounter Jesus in His Word. How much He longs for you to listen to Him. He really longs for you to listen. And our minds wander. We get distracted. Let's, 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 let's really prepare. You know, I think we have those bells at the consecration of Mass. You know, when the when the bread and wine are changed the Body and Blood of Christ, the altar server may ring a bell many times. Uh, Imagine if there were bells right before each reading. That would get your attention. (laughs) God's coming to talk to you. You know, you're, you're getting a text message from God now, <laughs> you know, through the scripture readings, through the lector proclaiming the word and, and, and loaning God his voice. Prepare your heart for that encounter as well, not just the Eucharist, but let's really go to both tables, the table of the Eucharist and the table of the word. That's the image the early church fathers used to describe the gift of the Eucharist. Well, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about the parts of the Mass and how to enter into the Mass for yourself, for your children, or for a small group, uh, check out my small group video Bible study on the Mass. It's called A Biblical Walk Through the Mass. You can get it at ascensionpress.com. You can get a free preview of the study where we go through all the words and the rituals of the liturgy to understand what we're saying, what we're doing, because all of it comes from Scripture. And if we know the biblical background of the Mass, we'll be able to give our hearts more to Jesus in every liturgy. So check it out, ascensionpress.com for the free preview of the biblical walkthrough mass study. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me at edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. God bless.